0: Boom, people, what's going on? Welcome back to Investment Fund Secrets. Today, I'm gonna talk about how I've structured my fund to work without me. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around, and now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is gonna give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build Multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Hey, welcome back to the show, you guys. So today we're gonna to talk about how my fund works without me. So I want to take you back to a, a dark and dreary time. You remember before you knew what a fund was and the world was black and white and there was mist and it was gray and hazy and you didn't really know what you were gonna do with your life, and it was just this dark time, and then you finally figured out what a fund was, and like, bam, wow! Like, life came to color, and it was just just amazing, right? And now we're in the fund world, and just, it's beautiful, right? It's beautiful to come out, and we're trying to pull people out of that dark and dreary world into the light um, of what funds are. And so, anyways, for this episode, I wanna talk, you know, back when I was first starting my my first fund, this is almost two and a half years ago, three years ago, um, I sat down and i and I was doing most of the pieces, pretty much actually not most all of the pieces of the fund I was raising money, I was trying to run the the management and also trying to deploy capital, and I thought I had to do everything, and a lot of entrepreneurs, not even fund managers, but just entrepreneurs in general, hit this of man okay, I'm doing everything, I'm smart enough, I know what's going on, and they struggle with hiring that first employee and and also creating systems and principles behind their business and for us, it's investment strategy and models, the principles and systems. So today we're going to talk about that, how I've set up systems and principles in our companies that allow me to go ski. I love skiing. To me, For me to t- take a break and go skiing for a day and nothing really changes. Now I know what you're thinking, Bridger, You you have a fiduciary responsibility to your investors. Yes. And, I, and I'm and i going to talk about that for a second right now. I actually have participated recently in a, in a exercise that I don't like to participate in. I very much, at least I went and read a lot of the comments I get on Instagram and this podcast and I just don't do it much because I don't like, I like to be me and sometimes comments can get in your head. And I've heard from a lot of other like people that do online marketing or podcasts and stuff. They just go, don't read the comments for the first hundred episodes of whatever you're doing just because you need to just go. And then once you have enough, you know, confidence and enough content behind you, you can go read them. So I, we've kind of hit that. I think we're, I don't know what episode we're, at. I think we're around, I don't know. 50, 60, 70, somewhere around there. So I went and started to read the comments and it actually wasn't as bad as I thought. It was actually pretty pretty fun to hear comments. A lot of people, we have right now 10,000 listeners a month on this podcast, which is crazy. So also with that, I decided we need to buy a new mic. I was like, all right, 10,000 listeners a month. Let's buy a new mic. So we have a new mic. Hopefully next episode, I'll have it in. Really nice mic. It'll sound better for you guys. So anyways, I'm reading the comments. A lot of the comments ask me, Bridger, how do you run a fund and your podcast at the same time? time. And the answer is what I talked about before is systems and principles. And I think it's a great question and it's a, it's a valid question. And what I've done, because I have a fiduciary responsibility to my investors to get them the highest return possible. So I need to focus on my fund, our investments to make sure they're making money. But I wanted to expose the fund world, expose a lot of fun. I'm going to make a new episode too in a little bit. Why are fund managers so secretive? Everything in this finance world just seems to be very, very secretive. So I said, Wait, let's expose this, but I don't have enough time to put in the energy to do all the online marketing stuff of making ads and websites and funnels and all this sorts of stuff. So I brought on a partner, his name's Mason, fantastic guy. Seriously incredible, I'm okay. I can. I've done ads and websites and stuff before. I'm probably like a level five. He's like a level nine or 10. Brought him on, gave him a huge piece of equity, and said, "Dude, all I want to do, I'm gonna hit record, and give it to you, and you're gonna do everything else." He's a done. So I, I literally, I hit record for these episodes, and after it's like 12 minutes every time, I give it to him. He does all the emails. The, the fact that you're listening to this is probably because of him. So I want to give him a huge shout out of having partners. And I've the last little bit had an incredible opportunity to. Interview fund managers for our mastermind. We're coming out with next month, so I've grabbed a ton of different fund managers from different industries: real estate, venture capital, debt, all sorts of you know, family office that are all coming together. And I've been able to interview them, and a lot of these guys are very, very successful on what they do. Right? They're they're running um, anywhere from a hundred million dollar fund to a decabillion dollar fund. And I, I ask them, how did you get from zero? Because I don't interview anybody. Not anybody, but primarily 95% of the people I interviewed did not go to Harvard, didn't go to Ivy league, didn't work on wall street. I hate that. And so I don't interview people that do that. If you're, if you're like, Hey, I'm a Harvard and JD MBA, I go, thanks. You can go on someone else's show. You're not, you're not welcome on our show Um, at least for right now. We'll see how that that changes. But so all these guys have done it from scratch and I asked them, how did you do it? How did you go from zero to hero? And every single one of them to date that I've asked, they go, I have amazing partners. And they're being humble a little bit too. They want to put it on their partners, but still I look at their partners and look at what they've done. And essentially what they're telling me is this, I have amazing partners who've set up amazing systems and principles, and what we're gonna talk about in just a second, to help structure and run our funds and businesses. And that, and sometimes it is just a person, is this is like, for me, our, this investment fund secret's like, I have Mason who is the system. Like he is the person, right? He's the system. Um, For my fund though, I have people, and I've had to do a lot more of principles and how we're gonna look and evaluate deals um, for that. So I wanna dive into that right now. So how did I do this in my fund? So way back when, the the dark and dreary world, I didn't know what a fund was, I finally figured out what a fund was, and now I'm starting my first fund. And I've had a previous episode talking about entrepreneurs are in the business of building, of building companies, they're awesome at ideas and and putting things together and just making it work. CEOs are in the business of systems. And a lot of entrepreneurs struggle moving from an entrepreneur to a CEO role that builds systems. And so I, be, I, I don't wanna be attached to my business. If you ask yourself this question, if you stepped away from your business for a day, two days, five days, seven days, 14 days, what would happen to your business? Are things gonna relatively go well or is it gonna crash and burn? And if it's going to crash and burn, that's a scary thought. That means you are tied to the business, right? You're a slave to the business. If you got a car wreck in the hospital for 14 days and your business is going to die, there's no income right there. You're not, you're not getting paid, right? That's a scary thought that you are tied to, you have to wake up every day and work. Uh, That's, that's kind of the opposite of the reason you got into entrepreneurship in the first place, right? You wanted to have a business a system that made money for you that made money while you were sleeping or while you were in Hawaii with your family on vacation. That's what we're trying to do here. So, systems and principles is what has helped me on the road to get there. I'm not, you know, my I have a long way to go, but to get there. So, first I got my fund Came out of the dark, dark injury world, and now we're starting our first fund. And I was doing everything right. I've mentioned this before. I'm doing raising money. I'm doing the fund management middle circle, and I'm doing the third. I've third circle. I've used this model before. The three circles. Third circle of investment and expert kind of expert investor. And I looked at every deal. I was looking at every you know every investor needed to come through me. Every single deal, every single wire came right through me, and it scared me. I I thought about hiring people, but I just said I don't know. If I can trust them with this money. I mean, this is, I have a fiduciary responsibility to my investors. I can't trust just some person, some random persons, maybe some kid, college kid. I don't know who I'm gonna hire. They just come in, they could mess this whole thing up and we're in a lot of trouble. And so I didn't hire somebody for a long time. And finally I had a few mentors be like, Bridger, you've grown enough, like you need to hire some people. I said, okay. So I sat down, I took two work days off and I sat down and walked through all of the procedures that I do. I just, I said, I'm gonna start with procedures, just what I'm doing, not what I'm thinking, more what I'm doing. So I walk through, okay, so we get a deal in through like my email. I do, I run a debt fund, we do lots of different loans and different, you know, lending on different properties or to entrepreneurs, kind of our two asset classes. So I get a, an email in, what is my first thought? How do i first and you know evaluate this deal and i walk through okay if i like the deal what do i send an email do i send an email back to him do i call them what, right, what do i usually do what do i ask them on the phone what are some follow-up questions how do i get a title check how do i check if um you know if they're saying it's true everything they're saying is true how do i get you know if i need to look at like uh, tax returns or like a credit check or things like that how and i walk through all those it took me two straight days to put this on to, multiple documents or I guess one big document walking through procedures and okay. Okay. We checked out the deal. We like the deal. How do we, you know, um, send the money over? How do we, you know, the contracts, everything. Right. And how could I make this, a, a streamlined process? I put it all into, it took me two days to put this onto paper. So, okay, there are my procedures. Now I need to sit down and think through my principles. And I took, this took me about two or three weeks of thinking and writing and brainstorming uh, and the question I kept asking myself was this, Bridger, if, if you landed, you know, somebody called you up, they had 100,000 people they were gonna send you for loans or needed needed a line of credit, whatever they need from you. 100,000 people, where is your line of yes and no? What, like, where is that? Because there's gonna be so many people, there's gonna be, they're gonna ask every little question and, be, and push up to every l- limit what is the line of yes and no if you had 100,000 new applicants today asking for money? So I just sit down and say, okay, what is that? And I walked through, we we put principles together of how I would you know, structure my thinking process of yes and no. And a lot of times, and this is a big wake-up moment for me because I sat down and said, holy crap, a lot of the deals, I've been I was, at this point, I've been running my fund for about six months. We'd done, I, I don't know, I think 25 deals, something like that. I, and I kind of said to myself, I've, you know, I'm the kind of person I've never met a deal I didn't like. I love deals. People send me an email, dude. This, I got a great deal. I need two and a half million dollars over in Texas. I got one two days ago. This exact deal, two and a half million dollars in Texas. I said, great. They have this ranch. It looks awesome. I said, great. Everything looks awesome. And then I have to go back to my principles. Okay, okay. I like the deal, but okay, how am I going to underwrite this? How do I, you know, ask the right questions to mitigate all the risk? And I figured out when I was going through this that a lot of my deals I was doing. I just kind of liked the person. I liked what their business strategy was. I liked how they talked to me and we gave them money. And I, it it was a, and all of our loans went well, we didn't lose any money. I think some of them I think I just got lucky on because we were on an up market, things were going well. And this was a big wake up moment for me like, oh my gosh. Like, and I had, obviously I'm not just going from scratch. I had principles before, but my principles weren't established enough and, and in stone enough for me to, on a model, on an Excel sheet to say, yes, this is a good deal. No, this is a bad deal. It was a lot more subjective to, did I like the person? Did I like how they sounded? Did I like you know, what they were selling me on the phone? And um, they were selling me on their deal and I was getting sold. And I was like, oh, okay, we need to end this. So I sat down and we mapped out the principles for a good deal and bad deal. If we got 100,000 new deals today, where's our limits for yes is a good deal and no, no this is a bad deal? Could we put this onto a computer system and just automate it? That's what I wanted to get to. So finally we set this out and I have, and I consolidated it down and we had our procedures paper and our principles paper and I finally got ready. I don't know if you guys have, you know, hiring your first person. This is me hiring my first person. I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be a big deal. I was interviewing people. I sat down with people and I finally found one person I wanted to hire and I said, this is awesome. So we, I hired him, brought him on and I wanted to test my procedures and my principles. So I had him read through it both documents and he asked me a few questions so I was taking notes like okay he didn't understand that and I had to explain a few things to him and then we got a new deal in and I said go see what you see what you think and he and I said based on the principles based on the procedures what would you do just on these documents so he looked at it and went through and started to do the deal like do the underwriting and put it in the models and kind of figure it out if he liked it or not and I I kind of watched over his shoulder everything he was going on and he asked me a few questions I would take notes and Bam! Like we did the deal. I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. And I and I, you know, I had helped a little bit. It was first deal, but it had kind of worked. And so then we we refined the two documents and we did another deal and another deal. And I was, you know, I was obviously putting my input, I was doing my own underwriting on it too, and I was back, you know, backdating it and everything, to make sure it'd work. But it was incredible to hire somebody, and I sat back and said, I guess I'm not that smart. Right? Like a lot of fund managers think. You've got to be involved with every deal. Every you got to look into it. You got to look at the underwriting, which you should. I I I totally agree with checking. The, you know, checking the, the details of things. But I looked at this, and this kid was he. I mean, he had a brief experience in finance, I I had to just hire somebody that would take a chance on me. I just got anybody I could. Um, this kid was in college, brought him in, and he was able to, you know, he was approving and declining the same amount of deals I was. And I'd been doing this for a while. I had all my models and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, off of these two documents, he could do that. And I said, this is amazing. I'm not that smart. And I've just put systems now in place that can do this. So then we hired the next person. And the person brought in, he doesn't even do finance. Like not even, he like had never done finance before. And we we're just trying to get anybody we can get to help us out with just looking through deals. And he starts using the principles and like bam, was approving almost the same amount as, as myself and that first employee. I was like, holy crap, this is incredible. And we consolidated down seriously two papers, procedures and a principles paper of how we would evaluate deals. That's all they had to go from. And and yes, they would call me up and I'd look through. I was looking through about probably about 50% of the deals we did. I would personally look through and check. And the other 50% we were just doing. And we do a lot of, just so you guys have background, I do about 30 to 50 of these deals a month. I mean, we're doing anywhere from like five grand to 30 grand. So not like, not crazy big. That's, we do a high volume. We're kind of a high volume play with our fund right now. We're launching another fund that's going to do a lot bigger volume. Um, or excuse me, a lot bigger deals, lower volume. Uh, but anyways, that's, that's how this fund was going. And so we had lots of deals. So I wasn't looking through the details of every deal, um, but I would look through the models and how they were underwriting and it was working. And it was like, this is incredible. Like I made a system that works. So I finally tried to test my, my hypothesis, right? Could I go, I love skiing. Could I go skiing? and see if my business still works. So I, it's great powder day here in Utah, so I, I woke up one morning and I was like, okay, I'm going skiing, I'm not gonna tell anybody, I'm going skiing, I'm just gonna go. And I have two guys that work remotely, and um, I, at this point, I think I had three people, and so I left, and I'm up skiing, and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm like checking my phone, like, are they, are they gonna call me, Like are things gonna break, you know, and, Sure enough, two hours in, I had had like eight phone calls and like 30 texts and everything blew up and it was just the worst thing ever. But that story is, is funny. Anyways, I, the system kind of broke, but I said, okay, why did it break? What things could you guys not answer on your own? So we went back to the documents. I made, we made new notes, made new outlines. We tried to simplify it. And, uh, and a a month later I tested again. I went skiing, test how our systems went and it was a little bit better. And then the next month I went a little bit more and then like, Anyways, we've gotten to the point where I've gone skiing a couple times and no one's even called me and I love it. And we're doing deals and I've now, we, so now I have three employees that work for me and one of them is a manager and manages the other two guys and he sends our wires. He sends, he looks at the deals. He, I've tried to duplicate the manager role of double checking and looking at things because he's worked for me for a while um, of doing that. Now Bridger, how do you incentivize your employees? Well, I give most of my employees, I guess I have three, two, two of the three right now, I do um, some type of rev share with them. So they're participating in the actual deal right they get a percentage of if the deal goes well they get a percentage of the deal now if the deal goes bad they also lose a little bit they lose percentage right and so they are essentially i'm trying to align incentives with everybody in the company between investors myself and our employees to do all of this um with our principles now what i'm saying this is i don't want it to ever be fully automated i want it to be automated enough where i'm not looking at 100 percent of every deal i'm looking at maybe 20 or 15 percent of deals And what I do now is I'm moving on to, okay, how can I grow the business? I love the entrepreneurship space. So I've set systems up to help run the business. Now my whole purpose every day is waking up, finding new investors and finding new business, finding new deals for us. So, or different asset classes that we're gonna invest in. So I find new investors and all day I'm messaging people, I'm calling new people to set up business relationships with people to send us more clients, more deals or more things, you know, different asset classes we can invest in our fund. That's what I do now. Because I've set up the system to allow me to do it. Uh, anyways, hope this guy. Hope this helps for you guys. Systems are beautiful, and and is a, the really the only way to grow a massive company is setting up systems. Ray Dalio has a fantastic book called Principles, where he outlines his principles for Bridgewater, which is an incredible book. That's where I got a lot of ideas for the principles for our fund was from him. Um, big shout out to Ray Dalio for doing that because that helped me think through how I wanted to structure and just not even not even his principles, but just the idea of having principles in our fund. Anyways, it's a little bit longer of an episode, but I hope you guys liked it. See you on the next side. Peace. Boom. What's going on people? Hey, believe it or not, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your problems starting a fund, growing your fund and scaling your fund. So hit me up on Instagram at Bridger underscore Pennington. I want to hear your questions. Write them out. Send me a voice memo. Send me a video. Film it up and down. I might even throw you on Instagram and feature you. And I'd love to bring you on the show. Send me questions. Again, that's at Bridger underscore Pennington. See ya.